0: I have a, a word on my heart for this morning. Um, I've been chatting to a few of you, and um, in the week, and uh, I've had some time to just meditate on a, on this chapter in the Bible, which we've read many times, but it, it has so impacted me this week that it actually just changes everything. And, how, I mean, we know the Word of God changes everything. But this particular chapter has just been revelation. It's been just life to me this week. And um, when we go further, when we go into Him, um, we don't want to go alone. We want to take others with us. So I want to take you with me this morning. And I just pray over this Word this morning that it would, I'd only say what you really want to say, God. And that um, your anointing would... That is here already, would just continue to abide here in this place. And open every heart, open every mind, Lord, to see and to hear what you're saying right now. In Jesus' name. And as as I start this this morning, let's just grab hold of that DNA strand again in the spirit. Grab a hold of it right now. Because you know, we're living in times where. Just like that, a distraction will come. Just like that, we're we're knocked off our road. There's a bit of a wobble. Things come to um, grab our attention. And I think more in in, in the times like these, especially, I'm going to just say it in December, in this January time of rest, we need to be holding on to our DNA, that link from heaven, so that we always know who we belong to and whose we are. Amen? Right, so let me just go for it. Um, This year, 2017, for me personally, has been, I think, one of the most challenging years um, internally, and I've had to process some things over the years, and um, as we go into 2018, it's not like, oh, let's hurry up and get right, Jane, so that we can start, and rah, rah for the next year, but Life is a journey and He is patient. And I want to encourage you, if the Lord has been challenging you, has been um, doing a little bit of surgery in your heart this year in different areas, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. And let's, let's continue to lie there and let Him do His complete work. Even if it goes into 2018, let's just go. Just go with Him because he's, he's doing something because He's up to something. So, 2017, we've seen an escalation um, of just blatant discussion and opinions on issues searching for love and searching for identity. Amen? There's issues around the world globally that are, are about purpose and your identity and equality, and it's really basically down to this. It's a search for love. And the cry of a dying world. And I feel it is essential for the family of God and as believers to know truth in this hour. And to be discerners, just like the sons of Issachar. To be discerning the times and the seasons that we're in right now. Especially now in December. I just, you know, in the atmosphere things are happening. But we have overcome this world. Because he paid the price. We are victors. We've got to change our mindset. As things grow darker, we've got to realize we are victorious. And we have overcome this world. Amen. So I want you to turn to 1 John 4 and 5. I'm going to be... There's a couple of different things that I... But I want to bring it together at the end. But let's just go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 and into chapter 5. So I'm not going to read every verse but I'm just going to skim over it. Maybe you can catch up. So it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit, this is how you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's very plain to see. Verse 7, beloved believers. now Now he's talking. Believers, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. And God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he, do, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ... Has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. And verse 4 and 5 For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? So plain and so simple. So the unbelieving world, the unbelieving world is yearning and searching for this kind of love. You've just got to put the TV on. You've just got to check the news. You've just got to watch uh, DSTV, and it's, you're watching celebrities, you're watching politicians, you're watching everybody coming out with a message of an acceptance of one another. Haven't you noticed that? Celebrities, politicians, big names, people who people respect and watch are coming out with things like acceptance, tolerance, embracing diversity, They're coming out with more and more movements and institutions and organizations of benevolence and charity. It's happening all over the world. Why? Because they're searching for love. They're searching for love. And when we put the TV on, and I'm not going to mention the programs, but when we put those programs on and we go, I mean, I do it. We go, isn't that amazing? She's got such a heart. Look what she's doing. Or look what he's doing. Oh, look at that organization. It is amazing. It gives you goosebumps for a moment, it gives you a little choke in the, in the throat there. Your eyes can get a bit watery as we get all mushy. But it's not real. It's not real. You see, love in an unbelieving world is temporal, it is often conditional. And it has a shelf life. It has an expiry date. And it is limited in its capacity. Why? Because it has no real source. Okay? It's limited in its capacity. But we're all going, yeah, yeah. We're all agreeing with it. And we're all saying how wonderful it is. And it's not real. And yet we're going, wow. Okay? So this love, this kind of love is expressed and experienced in a physical realm, okay? Now, we live in a physical realm, so we, we operate like this. It's expressed and experienced in a physical realm, one way I see you and I feel you and I hear you, and in this realm of love, we are susceptible and open to hurt. Is that right? <laughs> if you're married, if you're not married, if you're in a family If you have friends, if you work for someone, you are susceptible to hurt. You're susceptible to happiness. That's right. It's not all doom and gloom. But we're also susceptible to betrayal, to jealousy, to impatience, to loneliness, and the list can go on and on and on. And just to throw this in, you can be married or be in a family and still feel like you're the loneliest person in the world, okay? Because it's not real. That realm is not the real realm, okay? So the devil is a liar, isn't he? He's a deceiver, and he's one who masquerades. And I like that word, masquerade. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and there were lots of words. But when you think of the enemy, when you think of of the devil, he's a bluffer. He's, he's a false show. He's make-believe, and everything he does is pretense. He is truly the great pretender. <laughs> and he loves this realm because it's the only realm he, he has a kind of authority, he thinks. All right? And he loves it, and he delights when believers vacillate between this first realm and the realm where we were born to live He loves it, and that's the only little power or hold that he can have on you if you continue to go up and down and vacillate between realm and the heavenly realm that is our home. It's not just our home when we die, it's our home now, and we are to rule and reign from there. So every believer should live in and from this third realm. It's a third realm. The Bible talks about three realms, but that's for another session but it's a third realm, it's the heavenly realm where God exists, okay? And so it is for every believer to live in this realm because in that realm we are seated where? Heavenly places right next to Jesus. Heavenly places right next to Jesus. Think about that in your everyday life. Jesus is the genuine source of love. He is the only way. And, you know, even as I'm saying this now, I can feel, not here, out there, just a like a wall of, people take offense to that when you say it. The spiritual realm is at war with that. But we declare today in this house that Jesus is our genuine source of love. He is the only way to everlasting life here and forever. So for believers, this love is eternal It is unconditional. It has no expiry date. The love in a marriage has no expiry date or shelf life. It is unlimited in its capacity. This love is unlimited in its capacity as he already paid the price to carry us in his full capacity. Isn't that marvelous? He has paid the price for you and I to live in the fullness of His capacity, and His capacity is heavenly. And when we are seated there in heavenly places, it affects every other realm, okay? So I want to look at a few things in our lives and really get God's perspective on them. And so it wasn't a coincidence, Holy Spirit, that you dropped DNA this morning, which was amazing, because... I want you to picture in in your mind this morning a couple of things. I want you to, in your mind, picture yourself as an individual and ask yourself the real question, how am I doing? How am I doing? I want you to picture your marriage, the covenant if you are married, the covenant that you've made with your spouse is it what you think it should be? Is it, is it what you dreamt about or have things changed? I want you to think about that. I want you to think of your bio- biological family, your children, your parents. If you're not married, you've got siblings and your parents. I want you to think about your bio- biological family. I want you to think about your profession and your calling that God has placed on you as a person, as an individual. I want you to think of your spiritual family, and in this case, our beautiful 24-7 family. Think about her. I want you to think about the unbelieving world and ask yourself this question, what is my impact on this unbelieving world? Okay, so there's a whole lot of things there that I want you to just keep there. And as we go on, I believe that healing is going to come because he is here. So how you see these things that I've mentioned is determined by the filters that we have. Your past experiences, your upbringing, your relationships, your failures and successes, all of those things determine how you filter things. Are you, are you on my page? you understand that? How you see things, how you filter things. How you go forward, how you live with yourself, how you relate to others, your spouse, your friends, people in authority, it all comes down to how you filter things, okay? And we are all different, but as believers, we have a common ground. And through covenant with Jesus, there is a whole new filter of thinking, and it's a new and living way and the word says it's a better way because it's pure and it's real so how come is it so difficult at times how let me use this as an example when we are worshiping like we did this morning i am at my happiest place i am myself I am. Uh, I feel the freedom to be exactly who I was made to be in worship. And yet, many have difficulty from moving from this first realm of the flesh into the spirit. So, he wants to come and heal that. But why? It's because of our filter. It's a filter that we're seeing God through. It's a filter that we're seeing one another through. Oh, there's Jane. She's happy. Let her be happy. I've had a tough week. I'm just going to wait. See what the word's like. Maybe it'll help. Anyway, Christmas is coming. You you know what I mean? There there has to be a shift. Um, Let me use myself an example again. Um, When I was growing up, I had the most beautiful, gentle father. And he's in heaven now. And because of his upbringing... If ever I wanted some money, like we all do as kids to go and buy something, it wasn't his heart to withhold from me. But he had a filter. So he would make a joke and he would pull out his pocket and he'd go, Oh, I'm skint for those Scottish people in the room. I'm skint. I don't have anything, I don't I don't have enough. But then he would pull out money and then, you know, put it in my hand. He was always teasing and and pretending, and and because of his own filter. He didn't really like to give money away, okay? But that affected me because as I grew up, although I loved my dad dearly and I knew he loved me, my filter still said that we only had enough. And so as I grew up in the God, my filter was with God, he was a God of enough not the god of more than enough. I think many of you can relate to that kind of example in life. So that was my filter, but I had to make a shift. And it doesn't just happen once and you you woohoo, yay, now I can give money, I can receive money. It's it's some it's a choice every single time. And you have to right, no. mm. I don't believe that. I believe this about you God because this is truth. It's a choice every single time that we make. So in, in, in leading to where I'm really wanting to get to, I want you to, you can just write this down for your reference because I don't want you to read it. I want you to actually, if you want to, close your eyes or you can just listen to me reading this over you. This is John chapter 17, and I want to read it from the Passion Translation. It's not that different from ESVs and other, but it's, it just says it in such a beautiful way. And uh, after reading this, I read it again, I read it again, and I read it again, and I was becoming more undone as I realized that even now I have a filter in receiving the love from the Father. And so, in reading this, he was removing all filters, and the experience and the encounter I had was just amazing. Because he just removed the filters, and so it was—it was raw. It was coming straight from. There was nothing to filter it. Okay. So I want that for you, because we go together. So, chapter 17. All right. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. And now he's praying for himself. He says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. I have shown the world your glory by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So, my Father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Verse 6. Father, and I praise for the disciples that were with him. I have manifested who you really are. And I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me. And they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave to me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence." And they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world. He's not praying for the world here. But for those who belong to you, those you have given me. That's you and I. For all who belong to me now belong to you. And all who belong to you now belong to me as well, and my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I am about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by the power of your name. Not one of them is lost, except the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you so, Father. I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you, so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have placed your word within them, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world, because I am not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. If he believes this about us, we've got to believe it too. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. I'm nearly done. So, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to reign at our side, for I want them to be where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you and all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me i have revealed to them who you are and i will continue i will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me for your love will now live in them As I live in them. That is the prayer of our Savior before he was led into that garden to be betrayed, to be captured, and to fulfill what he was called to do. He prayed for us, people. So to me, John 17, and we said it this morning in worship, is about true intimacy. The intimacy of the Godhead is something so beautiful. And as we've read this morning, he wants it for us. He wants it with us, that intimacy with us. But guess what? The way we love him is by loving one another with the same intimacy. Okay? True intimacy, I want you to listen to this. True intimacy cannot happen without consent. Am I right? Both parties need to consent to have intimacy. So if freedom is to exist, there has to be the option to choose it. And if you can remember all that we've shared through the year, but if you can go back to the, the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was a choice offered to Adam and Eve. God who knew all things, the all-knowing God, wanted consent, mutual consent, to have intimacy, so he gave them the choice. Okay? They were given the opportunity to choose differently, You can read that in Genesis 3. I want to just read that to you quickly. It won't take long. Just a couple of verses in Genesis 3. All right. Um, Genesis 3, uh, he said to the woman, Did God actually say, this is the serpent talking to Eve. Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. If you read it over and over again, you can actually see this was a cerebral answer that she gave the serpent. She knew what God had told her to do, but it came out cerebrally. Okay? But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. But hold on a minute. <laughs> Weren't they like God already? And she's just going, like we do when we watching stuff, listening to the news. <laughs> it's cerebral. It's it, It's got to come from our heart. It's got to come from intimacy. We've got to make decisions and choices and discern the times and seasons from a place of intimacy, not from knowledge. Amen? And it says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Look at those three things. Oh, it was good for food. That'll satisfy me. It was a delight to the eyes. it's beautiful. And it was a desire to make one wise. Okay, those are all fleshly, carnal things. Okay? Let me just move on now quickly. So they made their choices, but God had a plan. Okay, that was just a little example, a little rabbit trail. But going back to intimacy, intimacy creates maturity, when there is any kind of wobble in life, what does maturity do? It goes straight to the father instead of negotiating with a snake. Any kind of wobble, any kind of problem, any kind of something that knocks you, what do we do about it? Do we negotiate with the snake or do we go straight to the father because the more you know him intimately, the more you'll know that's the first place I run to. Okay. That's what we do so often. Like Eve, we choose to believe a lie. Okay. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We choose to believe it. Then we hide in shame because we know our spirit man is saying, uh-uh. Okay, so we choose, we choose to hide, like like Adam and Eve. And then we become arrogant. And then, what do we do? We try and manage our behavior. And this is a key I felt for this morning. God wants to shift something in our lives from moving us from managing our behavior to dealing with some stuff internally with the Father in intimacy. Because that is real and that is truth. Everything else is counterfeit and a lie. So instead, we need to believe in His love, the love that we just read in John 17. We've got to believe in his love for us, which actually looks like something. What does his love look like? Wholeness. His love is wholeness because he is wholeness. All right? So we need to process our internal world with him, which will propel us forward into oneness with him. But it takes a vulnerability, Okay, and that is is the little step that we need to actually cross over, that line. Oh, boy, I need to be vulnerable. Oh, boy, I need to be vulnerable with my spouse. Oh, boy, I need to be vulnerable with my family. I need to be vulnerable in my spiritual family. Okay, that is the first step to wholeness and intimacy. You see, because in that place, we'll begin to see again. It's not like, you know, having the filter of Jesus, it's not, oh, it's a new way of seeing. It is the original way of seeing, okay? He's actually wanting to heal our eyes this morning and say, think back to the garden, like you said, in all his glory they were there in the garden of Eden. The fullness of heaven was in them, around them. They had no filter But then there was something that developed, I believe, in Eve's heart. We know the rest of the story. But it's that vulnerability. The way we were made to see, that's what he wants us, wants to do this morning, heal our eyes. And there is something that shifts when you decide Jesus in any situation. Any relationship, any work situation, anything, when we decide Jesus. And I'm not talking about a salvation prayer when we decide Jesus, which is awesome, okay? But I'm talking about a transformed self image, a transformed marriage, a transformed family. It can be only be done with Jesus, okay? Because he is pure love, he's pure peace, and he's pure joy. So, in wrapping it up, there were throughout the year many, many prophetic words. I'm on different lists and we pick up the words that are global, the prophets. And um, there's so many, but there were a whole lot that were coming from reputable, integrous prophets around the world, and they were saying very much the same thing. And I wanted to release it over you. That 2018 is a year for family. Around the world, every nation, prophets have said the same thing. That 2018 is a year for family. So you can sit here and go, oh, that's cute. Yay, happy family. Or you can grab hold of it and really let it transform your family and and transform your spiritual family transform this church so one of the recent words declared was talking about major shifts and relational miracles that would happen suddenly some of you have read it relational miracles would happen suddenly, and there would be a shift in people's lives, because it would be Him suddenly coming, and because we've tarried people, those who've the word is so true, He doesn't tell us to wait and tarry for nothing, He said, wait and tarry and be patient, and wait and tarry, and wait and tarry, and be patient, and endure hardship, and endure and persevere, and wait and tarry in prayer. And stay in love and stay connected to DNA. And it has been a difficult time doing that. But he doesn't say that for nothing. Because I believe it. if, if, if these words are coming out, they can, they can blow past us like the wind if you let it. But you can catch it. Reach out your hand and catch it for yourself. If you're needing a, a, a relational or any kind of miracle in your family, this word said, and they even put a time in it. Before the end of December 2017, things will suddenly shift. And I want to say, I'm grabbing that one. I'm grabbing that one for many areas in our lives and many areas in my family and many areas in this family's lives. Okay? We've got to grab hold of these things. It's not fairy stuff. It's real. It's real. Um, I want to end by saying, like, we are living mysteries. You know, the Bible talks about marriage as being a mystery because he likens it to, the, to himself and, and the bride, the church. And it's a mystery. And you can enter that mystery if you begin to operate and live from that third realm. But not just marriage. Our lives are living mysteries As if our lives without God would not make sense. What if we lived like that? If we lived our lives that without God, it it wouldn't make sense. So our course as we end this year and go into 2018, our course is Jesus. So let's consciously see ourselves seated with him, living from that place and not our own heritage and our own background and our own family. You know, I can have... um, DNA from my parents and, and have mannerisms and I might look like my mom or dad or, or or say talk like them or move like them but I don't once I once I am a believer I have the DNA of God I have the DNA of God so for myself and for you let's consciously see ourselves in every area of our lives seated in the heavenly places with Him and operating from that place because He said we have been given all authority and it's time to believe it and in these seasons. And I wanted to end by saying, I was just talking just briefly a little bit about um, our expression and worship. And I believe that in 24-7, as we go into 2018, we are going to see ridiculously lavish expressions of worship from us to him and his response back to us. I'm declaring it over this church because it is our DNA. Our DNA is heaven. Our DNA is the throne room of heaven. And so we are going after that with every fiber of our beings Every fiber of our beings. And I want to just say, with that, that is, that is heavenly, and that is, that is God and you and our worship times. You know, you can have awesome individual times, but when we corporately come together, I'm telling you, watch. But no, don't watch. <laughs> don't watch from afar. Watch while you're in it. <laughs> okay? We're going together. Who wants it? Who wants more? Not just because we, we're gluttons. We want to know Him more. We want to be intimate with Him so that we can live discerning the times, discerning the moments, discerning, should I go here, should I go there? You know what I'm saying? We, we need to get closer to Him and, um, in these times, and that is the way we do it because we were born to worship Before you are Grant Lawther, you are his worshiper. Because we belong to him. And then, on the other hand, we're going to become outrageously generous and honoring of one another. Because when you are lavishly worshipping him, you... You can't love him and not love each other. That's got to look like something. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to take us into that realm of loving one another like we have never seen it before. It's going to be ridiculously beautiful. It's going to be outrageously lavish. That every single one of you will be honored by the one sitting next to you, the one talking to you, the one at the door, the one pouring the tea. There is another realm of love and honor that God wants for this body. He wants for the whole body, but on us as a church. And we're entering it. So we're entering this this outrageous year. I just want to say outrageous 2018. Come, come get us. Because we're ready. We want to do this. And there's no hiding. When there's intimacy with Him, there's intimacy with one another. There's nothing to hide. So I'm, I'm ending there. And I'm going to, have I gone over time? If you've been struggling with filters, can be in any way is how you see God, is how you, oh, let me say this, how you receive through that filter is how you give. I wrote that down somewhere. Let me read it properly. Maybe I never wrote it down. I see it something like, when we receive with filters, we give with filters. So if I receive from him with no filter, I'm going to be able to give you and bless you with no filters. I'm going to love you all the time. I'm not going to have preference. It's just going to be the love of the Father. And I believe there's a river of love. Won't you stand? Come. I believe there's a river of love. And that river is coming from the throne room. And it's not going past us. It's going right through you. It's going right through you. It's the river of love. It's the pure love of God. It's the real love of God. This world hasn't seen anything yet. Once the bride comes into her place of intimacy and is not caught up with the wedding plans, but is caught up with being intimate and longing for that moment with her bridegroom. Once the church gets into that position and is not caught up with the little things and the methods of the wedding. I was was feeling that this morning when I woke up. The word methods, we're not even going to be worried about method anymore because the love of God is going to be outrageously um, all over us. Izzy DiGiassini writes the song, and I wish we knew it, um, your love is all over me. His love is all over me. His love is all over me. His love is all over you. His love is all over you. His love is all over you. Read John 17. His love is all over you. He even said, I'm not even concerned about the the unbelieving world right now. I am praying for you because my love is all over you. My love is all over you. I believe there's people in this room, if you lift your hands this morning, just to receive without any filters this morning. I just believe that he's going to just remove filters of heritage, of family upbringing, of past experiences, um, whether it's uh, parents or, or spouses or people in your life, relatives, things that maybe happened to you that were not Meant to happen. They were not good things, and they have caused a filter to come over your eyes. I believe the Lord wants to just remove that by His Spirit this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship.